welcome to the DE 24-7 podcast. My guest today is John Hirschtick, Executive Vice President and Head of the SaaS Business Unit at PTC. And uh, those of you who've been in the industry for a while will also know that he's the founder of Onshape and prior to that, the founder of SolidWorks. Welcome to the program, John. Thank you, Brian. Glad to be here. Uh, well, we're going to talk today about uh, product development and product innovation. And I wanted to start by asking, uh, you know, with the recent pandemic, a lot of the, the way we all work has been very dramatically affected. How has this type of remote work that a lot of us have been pushed into affected the product development process this year? And how do you think that's going to continue to alter how engineers develop products and collaborate moving forward? Well, I think remote work has impacted the product development process both in the use of tools and in the nature of the process. And so I'll tell you that in terms of tools, what's happened is people have discovered that they need obviously effective tools for communicating and collaborating when they're working remotely and for even accessing the tools that they're used to using in the office. They have to realize, of course, as you know, and your our listeners know, product development tools are pretty big pieces of software typically with huge installations, special hardware and so forth. So you put people in work from home, that's suddenly a problem, license codes and so forth. There's all that. And then there's file-based systems and product development, you know, not not one file, but hundreds, thousands of files. How do you share and collaborate those? That's a nightmare. So people are moving to cloud-based tools. And then in terms of process, you're less able to deal with physical prototypes. So you have to lean more on digital tools than ever, just at a time where the, the old generation digital tools are getting harder to access and collaborate with. And if I may add one more thing, you asked about moving forward. We think you know, the genie's not going back in the bottle on this one. People are, are, are they going to go back to the office? Sure, people are going to go back to the office, but they forever more will be doing more work from home, more remote work. They'll have to be prepared for the next time they work from home. That's going to be the new, you know, preparation scenario that everyone's going to think about. What happens when we all have to work from home again? And in some ways, they're going to be fine that they're able to work faster and better because they can use remote labor more effectively. They can use remote team members, work with remote supply chain. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be permanently changed. Along those lines, then, you know, this past, uh, you know, eight to 10 months for all of us, what sort of collaboration challenges have really been highlighted during this period? Or, you know, are there some lessons learned that we can take away from this in terms of what's working and what's not working in the way people are trying to use these tools? Yeah, I think that one of the collaboration challenges is to be able to see what your colleague is doing. It sounds like a basic idea, but it used to be when we're in the office, we just walk over, say I'm working on a new design. I can look over your shoulder. We can meet in the conference room. Um, that is much harder to do. Yes, you can have a video call, but it's just it's just different now in some domains. If you're writing word processing documents, maybe that's not as big an issue, but in the area of product development, where there's so much of it that involves richness of what's being designed, the materials being chosen, the exact shapes, the way parts will fit on it on an intimate basis. Um, it's a big issue to just see what other people are doing. Um, the other collaboration challenge is 
policing who's editing what. Okay, this is a big one. How do I make sure if we have a thousand files involved in the design of my you know, medical device, how do I, if you and I are working together, Brian, how do we make sure that you're not going to overwrite my changes and I'm not going to overwrite your changes? And the traditional way the industry's done that is to lock files. But hey, uh, locking files just causes people to work serially and wait. And those things go against, totally against what everyone wants to achieve in their business, which is to work faster, be more creative, and in the current environment, be more agile than ever. How can, uh, well, when we kind of moved into this period, a lot of engineering firms, you know, in some cases were called flat-footed. So people took a lot of different approaches to how they were doing remote work. How can cloud platforms help improve some of these processes that you just talked about you know, for companies now that have had the, the ability to sort of take a breath and are now really planning what they're going to do moving forward? Well, first thing, you're absolutely right. Companies were caught flat-footed. Um, people were, I think that, that you know, a few years ago, people would be worried about, well, you know, um, what happens, um, you know, uh, uh, what happens if my hard disk fails was the old worry people had. So they'd have backup of their desktop computers at the office. Well, now they've learned what happens when we off to work from home, as I said a moment ago. And so they were caught flat-footed with systems that weren't really ready for the job. Um, like I said a moment ago, from the standpoint of the license codes and installations and having the right hardware. Cloud can can improve these processes in a number of ways. There's there's ways to use the cloud in small ways to improve things, what I'll call semi-cloud approaches, and almost everyone's already using cloud, in, in, at least at a low level. And then there's full cloud approaches, full cloud, full SaaS. And that's where the big payoff is. So if you're semi-cloud, hey, maybe you use Dropbox to share files instead of a USB key. And, you know, that good, good, good job there. Or maybe you install software from a cloud server instead of a DVD. Good job there. And those are automated. You know, and there are, I think every vendor has, um, every vendor of product development tools, CAD and so forth, they have these semi-cloud approaches. And those aren't bad things. They're good things to do. But those are kind of band-aids. They help a little, but they don't fundamentally solve the problem. Where cloud platforms can really improve the process is when you go to a full cloud, full SaaS solution. Um, something like you have in other industries with Salesforce, with Zendesk, with Workday, with NetSuite, with basically every modern IT tool, you have you don't have, you're not using the cloud to make software easier to install or files easier to copy. That's not the point. The point is you rethink the way the whole system works and there is no more installation of software and there are no more files and no copying of files. You put all the data in a database in the cloud and all the tools in the cloud and people access it through, guess what? Revolutionary idea, their web browser, their mobile device, it, on any kind of computer, it doesn't matter whether you have a Mac or a Linux computer or or um, a Chromebook, or even if you have a computer at all, because you can use it on your tablet, your iPad, your Android tablet, your phone. And so um, when you do this, you eliminate from the process all the needs to worry about hardware, install software, get everyone on the same version of software. I forgot about that. 
<laughs> in remote work, people are having all kinds of version nightmares of different versions of software. And the cloud systems eliminate all that, and it makes it super easy to collaborate. There's no locking, no checkout. So huge win when you go full cloud. Only a full cloud system can do that, though. You mentioned that you know the, the genie is out of the bottle, and this is going to be part of the way we work moving forward, you know, even after people are back in the office. So why is this type of collaboration going to continue to be so important as we move forward? And, and what sort of factors are really driving organizations more toward these type of platforms as they're looking ahead you know, past the period that we're in right now? Well, it's really about speed, innovation, and agility, which is agility is almost how much speed can you do your innovation with? You know, it's sort of like agility, like like innovation times speed of iteration equals agility or something. But anyway, it's about speed, innovation, and agility. So even before the pandemic, what's on the mind of every leader of a product development organization? How do I work faster? How can I be more innovative? That's typically what you see, Right. I mean, you know, that, that, you know, that's what you would hear about. How do I work faster? How can I be more innovative? And maybe how can I be more efficient with resources? Resources being money and people. Sometimes it's very money driven. And sometimes it's like, well, we have a lot of money, but we only have a sm certain number of people. And how do we make them? So those were the pressures beforehand. Now you go into the COVID world and there's a huge premium on agility. Agility, meaning how quickly can you make the, the, you know, the, the 5G turns in your business to when I talk to customers, I hear them talking about abandoning the products that they've been working on because, because the market's changed and people aren't buying them right now. So I have to build something new. Or maybe you have huge demand for the products you were building and it's so huge. You have to make them 10 times, you know, 10 times as many per unit time. Or you've had a little bit of supply chain disruption, perhaps, in this world. I'm joking because everyone's had supply chain disruption. And so all of that means that there's there's going to be more of a premium post-COVID on speed, innovation, cost and people efficiencies, and agility. Agility, how fast can you respond to changes in the world, big changes? Because there's going to be, my customers believe, that there's a lot of opportunity after COVID. That's what I hear from customers, that that they, they, they've all had to change their business. If your business is doing terribly, in some cases you've gone out of business, which is a really sad and final change. In some cases, you've had to restructure it. And if your business is doing well, as I said, you have to rethink your supply chain, manufacture much faster and so forth. Everyone's had their business impacted and going forward, there's going to be a super premium on agility, innovation, speed, and resource efficiency. And all of that means the premium for collaboration, cloud platforms is even more important going forward. I wanted to ask a, a closing question too, because you've been through, you know, in your own career in this industry, seen a lot of changes. It's been interesting to me watching as we've gone through this experience, the way that uh, the technology vendors in the engineering space have responded in the way customers have had to start sort of embracing tools that were always sort of, you know, considered, well, that's that's the thing we'll do at some point down the line. 
now they've had to, to use a lot of these. They've had to use cloud tools when they weren't. They've had to resort to additive manufacturing when they didn't before, things like that. Have you ever seen, you know, any sort of event like this, uh, you know, the, the impact it's having on the industry, anything sort of, of the, at this scale? And um, what, what do you kind of think is going to be happening uh, moving forward as we, as we emerge from this? Uh, what are your feelings on, you know, what's going to happen with the industry? And, and as you said, the ability to sort of, um, you know, adapt to this reality. Well, I would say, yes, I've seen several changes before in my career that were generational changes in our industry. This is one of the things you gain a perspective on when you've been in the industry for as long as I have, which will be 40 years this coming spring. I've been 40 years. I started as a college intern and I've seen generations of technology change and I started programming computers 45 years ago. <laughs> um, and so what happens, I've seen it happen over and over again. I've seen it as computers moved from mainframes to mini computers, to Unix workstations, to DOS PCs, to Windows PCs, and to cloud-based systems. I've seen it as technology went from paper to 2D CAD to 3D CAD and so forth. And so at each change, Looking ahead to the change, it always looked impossible, like it would never happen. And then looking in retrospect, it always looked obvious and like, of course, it was going to happen. And how could it have not? <laughs> you know, so I can remember when people said, well, we're never going to get off the board. We're never going to use computers. We're, we're, we're using paper. And then people said, we're, we're never going to move from 2D. We're never going to use 3D stuff. You know, and people still use paper and they still use 2D, but I think 3D is pretty accepted technology when you say, you know, um, people would say all kinds of things. People told me when I was founding, you know, have people told me, oh, yeah, who's going to use it on that platform? What about the speed? What about the security? Um, uh, yeah, people told me that. I'm not talking about Onshape. I'm talking about when I started SolidWorks, Brian. Everyone said to me, no one's going to use Windows and you know, everyone's on Unix and so forth. And so I think that people make the changes. Eventually, you change or you're out of business. You know, eventually teams turn over, projects move forward, people pick tools anew. And I think we're, we're so I absolutely think we, I've been through this before. I think when we started with um, Onshape a few years ago in the cloud, people were like, cloud? Well, how is that ever going to work? I think a few years from now, they're going to say, desktop without the cloud how would that ever have worked <laughs> you know like they won't be able to understand it. i also think so you say if i've seen this before i have except i'm going to single out one thing i've never seen before and that is what's happening right now in the education world on the commercial side we're moving to cloud very nicely and you know our business is growing you know sales is growing great usage is growing great and so forth but on the academic side we've seen uh, uh, incredible, almost viral hockey stick ramp up in usage of Onshape, unlike anything I've ever seen before. I mean, we're talking, you know, I, I'm going to say, um, you know, stratospheric increases in usage by students and teachers and even whole schools and districts. I think it's a triple whammy of remote work, 
Chromebook and iPad and tablets because basically schools were even less prepared for remote teaching. Excuse me, I said remote work, but remote teaching, remote education. And I think in the United States, something like 80% of of uh, school-issued computers are Chromebooks and iPads. And even if they're not all using that, they have to have systems that work on those platforms because there's a huge number of students. And if you're using home-based hardware, so they have to run, they, they truly need to run on anything. Where anything doesn't mean two different versions of Windows. Anything means any kind of computing device. And so that that kind of double whammy of the remote education need and the run on anywhere need has caused people to come to Onshape in incredible numbers. And that has been a kind of a singularity point in these last um, six months or so. Well, I think it's going to be a fascinating year moving forward too. Uh, absolutely. I mean, what I love about this industry is I've been at it 40 years and I feel like we're about half done. <laughs> I've seen these generations come along. I think this move to the cloud to, to unlock the real power of cloud web and mobile, which I think we're doing uniquely here at Onshape and PTC. I think that this is going to be the biggest change we've seen. I really do. Um, it's much bigger than the move from, you know, when we moved from Unix to DOS or DOS to Windows, those moves were interesting, but they didn't really change the nature of how people worked quite as much. This cloud thing is unbelievable. And uh, it's kind of a revolution, I think. Well, thank you very much for talking with us today, John. Oh, it's my pleasure, Brian. Thanks for having me.